are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind, everybody. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. The best in the business is back in business. A little bit of a different look tonight. Obviously, it's not the four of us. Uh, this looks more like a Patreon episode than a regular episode. But hey, you know what? That's great. Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Rewind. Sending out these awesome stickers right now. See more. Sign up. That's how you get one. Put it on your refrigerator, your car, your toolbox. Or if you don't have a toolbox where you work your cubicle i guess people have cubicles or the manager station at subway where you can eat fresh and talk to bob van Duzer about some idp prospects we got bob van in the house bob how's it going tonight i think bob froze Bob, are you there? All right. Let's see. What shall we do? Let's just go ahead and let's remove Bob from the stream real quick. He's frozen. So, of course, it always has to happen on an episode where I did no prep work whatsoever because this is an IDP episode and Bob freezes on me. So, until Bob gets back, and I think he is back. There we go. Bob, welcome back. <laughs> froze on me there. All right, so let's go ahead and remove Bob from the stream again. And I'll, I'll tell you what, until Bob gets back, we're just going to go ahead and talk to you about our friends over at DynastyOwner.com. Fantasy Sports was created to give participants the GM experience of a sports franchise. Bob, I see you back, Chage, but until you're not lagging anymore, you have to wait. But as fantasy sports became more mainstream with more accessibility to player information, it became more about who got lucky in the draft and who got to the waiver wire fast enough to pick up a player. Traditional fantasy sports lacks reality and rewards luck. It is not realistic to only focus on player performance and to not consider contracts. Do NFL teams assemble their rosters without contracts? Of course not. What if you could create a game that was more like the real NFL? Let me introduce you to DynastyOwner.com. DynastyOwner incorporates a salary cap and assigns players their real NFL contracts. It is no longer all about player performance. Every contract matters. The 2021 season for Dynasty Owner has just begun. Bob, welcome back. And starting at $29, you can play a fantasy game that lets you face similar decisions that NFL general managers and owners face. Ricky drafts will begin June 4th, which has already happened. Startups will run between now and September 10th, so sign up to play with friends around the world and start your dynasty today at www.dynastyowner.com. Bob, do not lean forward because that's when you lag. I won't do it. All right. How you I'll doing? I'll just hang man? out. I'll hang out back here. I'm okay. Please send good internet. Um, other than that, though, I'm ready to dive into these IDP rookies. Um, you know, it's been it's been a hot minute since the draft, so I've had a really ch a good chance to narrow down, you know, my top ten, which is what we'll be diving into today. But uh, I'm just ready to hop into it, man. I'm uh, 
thankful that my internet is, you know, knock on wood for now. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, man, I'm ready for it. How are you? I'm good. Bob, out of curiosity, do you have a hard line connection? I don't right now. No, I have, uh, I just have the separate connection set up or the wireless setup right now. All right. We'll talk about more about that after the show. Yeah. Nobody really wants to hear about that. But if you ever do have any questions about tips, podcasting, how to make things a little bit more streamlined, feel free to DM me. I love talking about stuff like that. And I don't say that to gloat. I would just love to give you the information I wish I had when I started podcasting that would make your job a lot easier to help you produce quality content quickly, quality content quickly, say that three times fast, instead of learning the hard way like I had to a lot of times. And listen, I'm still learning too as is Bob, as is everybody else on the crew. Also, new writer, uh, Kevin Coleman, at Boys underscore 22. He's going to be contributing some amazing written content. Got his first piece out. Again, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Rima. But Bob, IDP number 10, go. My number 10 IDP rookie is uh, Joseph Osai, now, lead, now a Cincinnati Bengal. Um, he's playing the outside linebacker, kind of an edge hybrid. In a way, he'll be playing a role where he's, you know, set off to the side. He's not going to rush past every play. He'll be dropping back from time to time. But the uh, reason I got him there, he's going to be an immediate starter, which is huge for IDP players, especially in their rookie year. Um, he's going to have a ton of opportunity. They lost um, Shaq Lawson in free agency. Um, and their de- their defense, they've continued to add more and more elements to over the last two seasons. Um, so I think he had third-round draft capital, which isn't great. Um, especially if you want an IDP to produce early in their career. But uh, for the most part, he's going to have immediate opportunity on a defensive line that needs help. Um, he has decent pass rushers around him. That's going to make it so they can't solely focus on this guy. But uh, seeing that he's, you know, also going to be playing linebacker, playing off ball and, you know, pitching into run support as well as pass rushing that, you know, kind of ups his floor and makes him valuable even though he's an edge player. Um, I comped him to Harold Landry. Um, if you're familiar, similar style, similar play style where, you know, rushes the passer does very well in run support, but really, you know, his bread and butter is playmaking, you know, uh, forced fumbles, uh, recovering fumbles, you know, stuff like that, you know, sacks, not a ton. He had a decent amount of college production in that, but uh, all in all, I like Joseph Osai. Um, like I said, he's my number 10. Uh, IDP rookie. And those are the reasons why essentially um, the drawbacks, like I said, that defense isn't very good, which doesn't, isn't always a a bad thing um, because you're going to be on the field more, more likely you're going to have a little bit more opportunity, but again, you know, they don't have great corners, so they can't uh, force the quarterback to hold the ball longer. So he doesn't, he's not going to have a lot of time to get to the passer. Um, My big, knock on him in college was how he would set up for either a run support play or a pass rush play where he would just set up on the line of scrimmage and just sit there like in a, what a tight end would sit in a block stance basically. And I think what this was, and this is just pure conjecture. I haven't read into this or I haven't been able to find anything concrete, but I think what the deal was, was, he would basically be in the stance to try to get into a block shed sooner. And what was great is when it was a run play, awesome. You know, he was able to block shed right away. But what happened was when it ended up being a pass rush play, he was almost immediately taken out of the play and a non-factor. 
um, especially if that play went to the other side. Um, you know, he wasn't able to get around because he was set up to kind of set a stance, pick a hole, and block shed that way. But uh, all in all, Joseph Osai, I like him a lot. Um, did you have any questions about Joseph Osai? Did you know he existed um, is my first question. No. You know. All right. Well, you're learning. That's what the yeah, point I, is. Honestly, That's... my IDP prep for my IDP leagues is – Hey Bob, I got this trade offer. What do you think? And then Bob goes, "Well, is this guy available?" And I'm like, "Yeah, get that guy instead." And it's like, <laughs> "Perfect, thanks, bud." So, uh, Bob was yep. student number nine. Yeah, my uh, my big conspiracy theory is that Mike really brought brought me out of the team just so he could have a direct source for IDP knowledge, um, just because he saw I was doing well in my leagues or writing well, whatever the case was. But uh, moving on, <laughs> hey, it, it worked out for you. Uh, moving on to my number nine IDP. Um, Nick Bolton, uh, newly a Kansas City Chief. Nick Bolton is an interesting case for me. I've um, heard of this guy. Okay. I'm not a huge fan of him personally as a prospect, at least. And going to where he got drafted, you know, knocked him down my board. He was probably my he was probably my fifth or sixth IDP heading into the draft. But where he got drafted actually was a negative for me. Um, reason being is I do think he has developing to do yet. Um, especially when it comes to like his play recognition and stuff like that. But most rookies do, and that's fine. Um, but the thing about it is if you – a lot of IDP players will remember Willie Gay was a huge hype piece for a lot of the season last year on Kansas City. Um, drafted similar draft capital. They were both drafted in the second round. Um, Nick Bolton was a tick earlier um, than – Willie Gay, so you can't really argue that, you know, one was superiorly drafted over the other. But uh, when you look at the situation, it, what they did last year with Willie Gay was they basically said, no, you need to learn the defense. You can't play. Basically, they unless they needed to put him in, he was sitting, he was getting minimal plays per game um, and kind of specialized in run-stopping situations um, or where it was more likely going to be a run play. Um, so that's a concern. It's sa still the same defense. Still, the, uh, Steve Spagnolo is still the defensive coordinator. So it's not. I don't think that kind of theory is going to change unless they think maybe he's more game ready than uh, Willie Gay is, which is which is possible. The thing with Nick Bolton is that he's a very fast player, and so he can kind of make up for his heady mistakes. Whereas Willie Gay is not as fast of a player. He's quick, but he's not. His long speed isn't there. Um, and he's a lot more of a kind of a bruising linebacker, whereas Nick Bolton's more, you know, he's like 232 um, and like, you know, 510, you know, so he's a, he's a smaller, kind of more compact guy. But uh, so I don't mind Nick Bolton, but all those are, you know, concerns for me, especially being a linebacker. You know, you as a linebacker, you want more steady production um, as opposed to, you know, kind of spottiness, which is what I think if he even plays, I think is going to be kind of the case with him. Um, but yeah, so my my professional account for him right away was Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith is a great linebacker on the Cowboys. I'm sure you're familiar being an Eagles fan. Um, and That's just supposed to mean. <laughs> just because just because it's division, you know, you're you're I don't know, you're throwing know. running backs into the guy. I don't know. I gotcha. But uh but uh, yeah, so I don't, I don't have a lot against Nick Bolton. I think the situation is more of a turnoff for me than anything. If he would have say hypothetically went to the Eagles, where that linebacker room is kind of open right now, um, I think Singleton is going to be the guy for this year. I think Wilson is a nice pitch in player. But um, 
We Thanks, Jorge. Well, See, for those of you who are not watching and are listening, Jorge from Fantasy and Frame says, Bolton graded out in most defensive categories as the best tackling linebacker in all of college football. And then below that, he also said that we are his favorite podcast. So thank you, Jorge. <laughs> See, and I, I never had an issue with his tackling. Um, what I noticed a lot on film was that either when he was in a tackling situation, he would make the tackle and usually do it you know, well and wrap people up. What my concern was is something I'm kind of looking into as like another analytic or an in-depth analytic is like missing tackle opportunities. And the thing with that is like getting caught in traffic, taking a bad angle and not even getting to the player to be able to make a tackle. Um, stuff like that is, you know, more concerning for me than, you know, like his tackling was good. So I don't, I don't have too much issue with that personally. Um, but again, it was just more the, and I, and people love him in coverage and I didn't think, and look, looking at film, I don't, I don't do a ton of diving into analytics. The only analytic I've done is looking at their points per game scoring and IDP one, two, three scoring. But other than that, in terms of their college production, I don't, I don't look into that as much. I more trust the film and what I see, but uh, again, I don't hate Bolton. He's in my top 10. Um, so I can't, I can't say I hate him. Like I said, um, did you have any questions about Nick Bolton at all? I have a question on who number eight is. Okay, number eight is Trayvon Morig, um, now or Merig, um, now a uh, Las Vegas Raider. I almost said Oakland Raider. Um, one of the, I believe he was the second safety drafted. I could be wrong, um, but uh, second round draft capital. He was a multi-year starter in college. Um, always a good indicator of you know at least having a chance at success in the NFL. Um, my big knock on him as a college player, and this is from film, you know, again, um, is that he wasn't as willing of a tackler. Um, it seemed like he was always kind of the last guy up to come in to make a tackle and run support. And that could be because he was playing a lot of, you know, center field ball. He was playing, you know, back. He was playing center field safety. He was playing, you know, helping corners and deep coverage, stuff like that. So it could just be that he was just the last guy getting up. You know, you can't, you can't fault a guy for that. Um, so, I mean, that was just something that I kind of noticed, but he is more of a ball hawking player. Um, you know, makes a lot of plays in the air, uh, plays on the, you know, pass deflections, whether it's interception, stuff like that. He has a nose for the ball and that's pretty huge. And then going to Las Vegas where they lost several, several of their starting safeties from last year. Um, so he's going to have an immediate starting role, um, locked up more than likely. Um, I believe he'll probably be their free safety. Um, they'll put, um, Jonathan Abram, Abram in the box more than likely. Um, and that'll, you know, free safeties. Go ahead. That's good for all my Jonathan Abram shares in, right? Yes. Um, I will say I, I'm worried about Jonathan Abram long-term. No. No. Come on. <laughs> I, I'm worried about him long-term solely because of the fact that he, A, he can't seem to stay healthy. And, and the reason why is because he plays very reckless. He throws his body into, uh, you know, uh, uh, stepping machines on the sideline, not stepping machines, but they're whatever they, they get up on to get a better camera angle, whatever those are. He threw himself into one of those this last year. Um, <laughs> right. But uh, so that's a concern. And, and, you know, when teams draft you highly and you can't seem to stay healthy for whatever reason, you know, it's concerning. People get sick of that and it gets old. And But uh, I think Merrick can step up in a multitude of ways. Um, moving on to number seven, is uh, one of my one of the most interesting stories um, 
in this draft class on the defensive side of the ball, and that's Quiddy Pay out of Michigan, uh, now an Indianapolis Colt, which was one of the best defensive lineman landing spots of the entire draft. Uh, reason being is the immediate starting, you know, he's a first-round draft capital. He's going to be starting day one. Um, the one thing I don't love about him is that he's more of a run defender than a sack guy. Um, and, and I don't think that's going to change, at least in year one. Um, they don't have a lot of pass rushing threats on that defensive line. DeForest Buckner is the same way. He's more of a run defender um, than he is a run or a, a pass rusher. Um, so that's, you know, kind of a concern, but that, that run defending gives a, <laughs> gives a good floor. Um, so I don't hate it. Like I said, the draft capital is great. Um, another multi-year college starter. Um, he had lower college production statistically, which, you know, believe it or not, when you produce in college, you usually tend to produce in the NFL. Um, it was lower, but it was decent for defensive linemen that I've pulled stats on and stuff like that. But uh, all in all, like I said, the landing spot alone, pretty pretty awesome landing spot. Um, so I can't uh, fault that. Like I said, he'll have a ton of opportunity um, going forward. Um, and that brings me right into, unless you had anything else on him, go ahead. I have, uh, I have a few things that I want to add here. One sure. is when an NFL team makes a draft pick, and I think we all need to be aware of this, and this does not just go for – defensive side of the ball this goes for the offensive side of the ball they are doing what is best for them to win football games um they don't care necessarily about numbers or stats and they really don't give a shit about your fantasy team so don't get mad on draft day don't the team's just doing what's best for them right bob i mean unless you're the packers well do we really want to get into that no okay so i just want to take a minute Bob, I know we talked about where we were going to slide this in, but I had to divert because I had to do an early ad read through. So um, you it touched on IDP one, two, three earlier. And if anybody plays IDP on Sleeper, which I highly recommend, they have now adopted IDP one, two, three as their main scoring system. So make sure you go into your settings and make sure that everything is up to par and um, see for yourself. What's good, IDP Army? It's Jordan Reigns, and quickly I want to tell you guys today about the big project I've been working on, the Ultimate IDP Index. The Ultimate IDP Index is the number one resource for IDP fantasy football players, rookies, or veterans for 2021. Inside, you're going to find contract information, tiered IDP rankings, detailed player production profiles going back to 2017 suggested trade values and a whole lot more including unique write-ups unique videos that will only be available within the ultimate idp index but to me probably the most valuable thing is the fact that the trade value estimation tool is going to be updated weekly so you'll always be aware of what a player is worth in your dynasty league at any given moment so what are you waiting for? Sign up for the IDP Army Patreon today. Patreon.com forward slash the IDP Army. Join the Black Ops tier and join the IDP Army today. So again, Jordan was the guy that came up with IDP 123. His fantastic scoring system. It kind of simplifies everything. And, you know, that the trade values are great, too, because I know one of those things that we all have a problem with is assessing trade values with IDP players and offensive players. 
So, um, but I could tell you sometimes it's probably better to have a linebacker two than a wide receiver four. Yep, absolutely, hundred percent. See, Bob, he knows what's up. You get it. Give me number six. Number six, uh, we got Richie Grant now in Atlanta Falcon. Um, this is one of my favorite landing spots in the draft for at least for defensive backs, uh, solely because another immediate starter. I love Richie Grant as a prospect. Um, he was the best free safety prospect I felt like. Um, you know, second round draft capital again, going to be an immediate starter. He was a multi-year starter um, in college. His division's a little, or his conference is a little weaker, um, but who cares? Um, he still produced at a very high level. He's a ball hawk, a very willing tackler. He's kind of scrawny, but he throws himself at guys like he's Landon Collins or Jamal Adams. You know, he's he's a very scrawny guy, but he'll he'll throw his head in there to stop a guy. You don't want him in the in the gap versus like Derrick Henry, but I tell you what, he'll he'll do his damnedest to try to knock him down. But uh, for me, like I said, Richie Grant's awesome. Uh, my DB one overall. So spoiler alert, no more DBs coming down the pipeline for this. Um, I think I suggested to you to draft Richie Grant in one of your drafts, I believe. You did, and I believe he got picked two picks before we oh. had decided I was going to take him. But I did get him in a different league. So okay. good. Yeah. But that's good. actually good that I, you know, and again, just going back to talking about diversifying your fantasy portfolio. Yep. We talked about this at the end of the season, and my biggest downfall this year was I relied on too many of the same players to hit. And had that happened, I would have looked like a damn genius, but it right. didn't. It never maybe happens just, like that. Maybe it's just not their time yet, but I looked like a damn fool. So, uh, Bob, continue, please. Right on. So that was Richie Grant. Uh, moving on to my top DL prospect, and that's Jalen Phillips, now a previously a Miami Hurricane, now a Miami Dolphin. I think that's super cool that he gets to stay in the same state, essentially, uh, even the same town, heck. Um, but I think that's pretty cool. But, you know, another guy who's an immediate starter, they just they shipped off Shaq Lawson in the offseason. He was the starting um, edge player where Phillips is going to fill in. And uh, I think Phillips is being viewed as a huge discount right now. The weird thing about this class was the DL class was there wasn't a standout edge player like there has been in years past. There wasn't a Nick Bosa. There wasn't a Joey Bosa. There wasn't a Miles Garrett, so on and so forth. But the class was so ambiguous and interesting that instead of, you know, some one going early, they all slid down the board because they were all valued very similarly. Um, Bob, Jaylen, go ahead. Real quick. Jorge wants to know thoughts on Javon Holland or is he coming up later? Nope. No, nope. I, uh, I'm not. I know, I know Jorge is a huge Javon Holland fan. Um, I just, I think he's just outside my top 10. I think he was like, top 15, but I, I just obviously couldn't fit that into this episode, but Javon Holland real quick. I, I wasn't huge on him. He's, he's, he's a playmaker, but he's not, you know, I think he's going to be a real inconsistent player. Um, didn't have a lot of college production, did not do well in my college production scoring and evaluations and stuff like that. So not huge on him, uh, going forward, but he should have ample opportunity to play. Um, but whether or not that equates to a lot of value, who knows? We'll see what happens. But uh, moving on with Jalen Phillips, like I said, first-round draft capital, immediate starter. The one big knock on him, and I think this is why he's going as a value in a lot of drafts, is because he has an injury history. 
Um, so long, I, there was two seasons where he managed to play 10 games. You know, the average college season is about 13 games. So between two years, he managed to play 10 games between concussions. Um, I think he had knee issues, um, a lot of concussions. I think that was about 70% of the game in miss was concussions. Um, it was so bad that he actually retired, um, from football in early 2019 and basically said, I'm done. This is over, whatever. And, uh, there's there's allegations and stuff like that, or you know, whispers that it was like a forced retirement. Basically, the uh, his original college was like, you know, we're done with you, like go away. <laughs> you know, we're done with this injury history. And he was he was a high recruit too, so that's sounds like every woman I ever dated. <laughs> but uh, move, this isn't your soapbox, Mike. But uh, but moving on. <laughs> moving on. Um, like I said, I think you know, he's, he's turning into a value because a lot of people are wary of that. And the dolphins haven't produced, like, even though Emmanuel Agba was solid last year, they haven't produced a great, you know, edge player in years, you know, that, you know, really showed out and really showed up well. Um, so I think between that, between the landing spot, even though he's a first round pick, he was the first deal off the board and he's still not getting a lot of respect in drafts. I'm getting him a lot in like the mid third round a lot of times in my, in my 12 team IDP leagues. And for me, that's that's solid value for a guy who I think is going to be a top deal in this league in a couple of years. Um, but uh, moving on from him, um, we have, have – have go ahead. But Before we get to number four, how cold is it that you're rocking a flannel? I mean, I know you live in Wisconsin, but it, – It's like a – it's a nice like 65, 70 degrees right now. Um, okay. I just I, – I always wear – Cargo shorts, flannel, and then usually a Johnny Cash shirt or Dynasty Rewind shirt or Fantasy Six Pack shirt. Um, but I'm almost always wearing a flannel. It's just my I like layers, even though it's you know hot out. Like the the other week, it was like 85, and I'm wearing a flannel to go to the bar. And even my wife was like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "I like my flannels. Leave me alone. You know, let let a guy live. You know." So look for Bob Van Duzer at the Canton Fantasy Football Expo rocking a flannel. I am Ohio in August. I can almost promise I'll have a flannel on. I can almost promise. You know what? So, I mean, you wear flannels in summer. Yep. You dive deep into IDP. Yep. Bob, are you a psychopath? I I might be. I wear, I wear shorts all year round too. So I wear my cargo shorts and flannels all year round. I love, you you know what? I love see, and I love asking people just about things that make them, them. And these sure. things interest me. And now it's something else I could pick on Bob about. So, yeah. Bob, number four, if you could, please. So moving on to what was one of my favorite linebackers heading into the draft, uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. He was actually my LB2 heading it's into the draft. J-O-K, right? J-O-K is fine. <laughs> I won't make you spell the whole thing. It's actually not hard. It's it's spelled literally exactly how it's uh, how it's pronounced. But with the Cleveland, did he not? Yes, correct. Uh, Cleveland in the second round, it was surprising. Um, he was a surprise draft day drop. Um, and the reason came out later was that a, a heart condition was discovered and le- not leaked teams, but, you know, like teams were notified, obviously. And it wasn't let out to the public at all. So everyone was like, why is he falling? And uh, a lot of people thought it was his size, but it was that a heart condition was discovered. Um, but, it turned, you know, that same thing happened with Montez Sweat uh, two years ago now. Um, where he was expected to go top 10, and he ended up falling all the way to the end of the first round um, when Washington picked him up. But uh, with JOK, he was one of the best linebackers I've ever seen in college. Um, 
the versatility he had, you know, being able to cover anybody, essentially play a safety corner at linebacker and tackle all the strongest running backs still and make all these plays. But, uh, heck yeah. Wait, but, uh, hold on. Jorge keeps his house at 65 degrees. Is that yeah. summertime too? Like, amen. What is your electric bill like? No, <laughs> all no, of it. Who cares? No, take clothes off. And <laughs> Jorge, I don't think we have a Dynasty Rewind flannel yet. But we should. If you ever have any questions about what Verdian Global has, we do have the Dynasty Rewind collection over there. Just DM Will Harris at It's Harris Time. He loves DMs like that. Just like Bob loves JOK enough to put him at number four. Keep going. Yep, absolutely. So, like I said, he was an elite playmaker in college. Um, one of the, the arguably the best playmakers in this draft class. Um, only reason he wasn't higher, the draft capital is a concern, and it's also a crowded linebacker room. And when I say crowded, it's because it's crowded with Jags, just guys, you know. Mm. Um, you know, Anthony Walker was actually a big signing for them this year. Um, former linebacker out of the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I like Anthony Walker a lot. He I do too. Even with uh, he was Darius he, Leonard there. Yep, he was. Well, and the one knock on him was he was actually getting phased out throughout the year um, by uh, by uh, Bobby Okariki, and he Bobby Okariki ended up getting hurt, and then Anthony Walker got his role back basically. But um, the Colts elected not to re-sign Anthony Walker, so you know, look up a sleeper, Bobby Okariki, for some people, he might be available in your leagues. But uh, Anthony Walker actually coming over to Cleveland in practices with JOK has actually comped him pretty much one-to-one with Darius Leonard already as a rookie. And, you know, the thing with Darius Leonard is, you know, he was quote-unquote out of nowhere. You know, nobody was expecting him. But uh, I went back and actually looked at his college production, and he was an elite college producer, um, better than – almost anybody you can think of out of college. Um, granted, he was at a, a no-name school, but I don't want a Snuggie. Please, no. But uh, but JOK, he's, like I said, he's a solid player. Um, I think he takes a role in that offense sooner rather than later. I think it's going to be him and Anthony Walker um, rocking it out at the linebacker. Walker will play a mic role. He'll, be, he'll still have a very valuable role, but uh, JOK will probably take weak side and uh, end up playing a lot of, like, kind of box safety, um, kind of like a roaming coverage guy, um, but mostly weak side linebacker. I think he's where he'll fit in. Um, and if he if he does end up in some sort of a safety role, I mean, he's wearing number 28. Not that it matters anymore because anybody can just be any freaking number now. Mac Jones is 50. Well, for now. I don't. That, that, that's going to change, right? It will, yeah. That. Yeah. That's something the Patriots always do. All the rookies wear number 50 plus until they earn it. Mm. But um. But, uh, yeah, so JOK, I like him to take over early. Um, I don't know if it's going to be week one. I, I would assume it is. Um, it's decent enough draft capital that he should um, take uh, take over right away. Speaking of another guy who's going to take over right away, um, probably take over the role of your boy Cole Holcomb. We got to talk about John Davis. Don't. Don't. Why you got to do this to me? Is this, <laughs> number, is this your number three right here? Number three, yeah. So. Name again? Uh, Jamin Davis, J-A-M-I-N Davis. Um, moving on with him real quick. I wasn't huge on him and for college, um, reason being is he had really good college production. He had great points per game and IDP one, two, three scoring, um, as a starter, my biggest knock is that he was only a one year starter. 
And what I've noticed diving into college producers who then go on to the NFL as one-year starters, they don't do well. Um, if anything, they do well early and then kind of fizzle out because they they don't have the proper transition from college to the NFL. They don't have that the correct pro transition. Um, and uh, he was actually he was comped to Darius Leonard by I want to say Daniel Jeremiah. I want to say it could be wrong. I know he comped somebody to. Uh, Darius Leonard recently, and it, he ended up being a bust. Um, the last guy that got comped to Darius Leonard was Jermaine Pratt. Do you know who Jermaine Pratt is? Yeah, I know who exactly. Is. Oh, yeah, not quite. But uh, but the thing about it, you know, and and again, it's that whole first year starter. He had decent draft capital, but he's just he's amounted to nothing. He's a linebacker in the Bengals for for reference. Could we but, uh, say? Go that- ahead. Defensive talent needs more time in college to grow. That's that's something I've noticed is that like the players who have more development in college, especially on like good programs, you know, the LSU's, the, you know, Clemson's, the, you know, the the bigger name schools are at least even, you know, four year starters on, uh, you know, whatever college team at the end of the day usually do pretty well. Um, but when they're a first year starter, they just don't have the reps. And then my big, my biggest knock with why he was only a first year starter, it wasn't like he transferred into the program. He was, he's out of Kentucky. So, which is in the SEC. Okay, fine. But can you name a linebacker in the last 10 years that came out of Kentucky? Josh Allen. Not, okay, off ball linebacker. Sorry. He's an outside linebacker on the, and he plays no, D line. No, hold, you said, you I know, said I know, I know, I know. I, I thought of the same thing when I'm also, like, ah, Josh Allen. I am a huge fan of that. Josh. I'm a huge same. fan of both Josh Allens. Um, but aside from that, not off the top of my head, you might be able to, but I can't. I, I can't. And I, I haven't gone and looked, but again, it's like, okay, so who is he fighting for two years at Kentucky that he couldn't seize a role? Nobody. And then he goes, finally his third year. I don't know if the guy graduated, what happened, whatever, but he goes off. And then my big knock again that I have, and this is something I have in the pros, is that when a linebacker or any position really, except for the defensive line, so any DB or any uh, linebacker, if they have less solo tackles than assisted tackles, that's a red flag for me. Okay. And reason being is that, if you can make a solo tackle, either A, you can tackle players on your own, you're strong enough, big enough, fast enough, and then B, you're either recognizing the play faster than everybody else on your team, and you're getting there faster than everybody else on your team, and then you can also make the tackle. But if you're doing a lot of assisted tackles, that means you're either unable to tackle players on your own, or B, you're just getting there late and you're getting like a pity tackle tacked on to whatever you're doing. You're that like fifth guy to get there to bring a guy down, whatever the case is. Um, so that's, like I said, my knocks on him. But again, he's – I would he's, like to say – Go ahead. That Nate Gary has 101 solo tackles and 62 assisted tackles. Doesn't mean he's good. He's terrible. Doesn't, the reverse no, doesn't mean they're good. Yeah. No, no. What I'm saying is he should have more solo tackles. He's terrible. And I just – I'm back on the bandwagon of hating Nate Gary. <laughs> Glad I, I could help. Yeah, that's good. Sorry, but uh, but yeah, no, no, you're good. But uh, again, like the like I said, the first round draft capital. He's going to start year one. Um, 
I think Holcomb still plays, and I think he'll even probably be the quote unquote Mike. You know, he'll have. I think he'll have a green dot. He'll be calling plays. Um, he showed well in that role, so I think he'll still be valuable. But I think John Davis is going to steal, which honestly is probably going to make Cole Holcomb that much more of a value, because um, I think he'll still be able to perform. And I'm really curious to see what John Davis does on this defense. Um, I, w- I was hoping they would draft JOK because imagining them with JOK on that defense, the carnage he could cause with the blitzers in front of him, you know, that whole line of first rounders. And then you put a linebacker back there that can do anything. And then, you know, John Davis just never profiled well elsewhere. He just kind of loaded up a lot of tackles and some tackles for loss and stuff like that. So that is my spiel on Jamin Davis. You know, you were talking about someone stealing reps. Do you like stealing money, Bob? I do. Because that's basically what it's like when you sign up for underdog fantasy. What's the worst thing in fantasy football? Seeing a player you didn't start go off on your bench and costing you a win easily takes the cake. I just want to apologize for this read through. The guy that wrote it is sitting right next to me. Now there's a new way to play where your best players always start and your duds stay on the bench where they belong. Best ball Eve. Best ball leave. Underdog Fantasy has you covered. Underdog Fantasy is the new best ball platform where you can turn your knowledge and competitive edge into winnings. Draft once, sit back, and enjoy the ride as your optimal lineup will automatically start each week. No waivers, no trades, just drafts. Sign up today using the code REWIND, all caps, so when you make a deposit, you'll receive a $25 kickback to play. Not ready for fantasy football? That's okay. They also have drafts and daily pickums right now featuring the MLB, NBA, and NHL. So join Underdog Fantasy today using promo code Rewind. The link is in the description, and it better be, Bob. It so, will be. It is. Yeah, and I will say I'm really glad that they are in Pennsylvania now because of the draft or the the app is awesome. So yep. I love it. Yep, I've been on there a ton. Um, there will actually be a video coming out of that tomorrow from when this is posted on YouTube. So be sure to get over there. I've done a ton of drafts already. But uh, pretty much looking at cranking out one of those a week. Um, I'm having a blast. Um, it's an easy format to draft on. Um, and, you know, the interface is awesome. It's very aesthetically pleasing, very pleasing yes. to the eye. Um, but, yeah, get over there. Draft with me. Come take my money. Um, take other people's money. It's awesome, dude. Get over there. Yeah. And uh, we got a really cool couple of mock drafts coming up for you guys. I don't want to spoil it. Unfortunately, you're going to be seeing a lot more of this guy. That's all I'll say. Bob. Number two, go for it. Number two, oddly enough, was just in the news recently, not positive. Um, My number two is Zavan Collins, um, who was just arrested for reckless driving. Um, I don't think, if anything, it ends up costing him. It might cost him a couple games, I think, if anything. Um, But the the NFL is getting more and more lax with things like this. Um, The only things that are really not allowing are – you know, felony types. Well, this was a felony, oddly enough, but, you know, stuff like domestic violence, which they're basically have a no tolerance policy on that. But um, I don't think this affects him super long-term or anything like that. I don't think he's going to miss a ton of time. But uh, moving on, uh, Zavan Collins, he's, you know, he's first-round draft capital. He's going to start right away. They've already said he's the starting Mike linebacker, um, which if you followed me at all in the pre-draft process, I hated him at Mike linebacker. Um, reason being, I didn't think he was great at diagnosing coverages and stuff like that. Um, I thought he was kind of jumpy. Um, I will say when he 
when he saw the gap or when he saw it and it clicked right away, he was very efficient at getting to the ball. He never had issues getting caught in traffic. But on the plays where he doesn't see it right away or doesn't it doesn't, you know, jive right away, very, very problematic in terms of him reacting to the play. Um, however, I loved his outside linebacker stuff where he was playing starting on the line of scrimmage where he either dropped back into the flat coverage, he'd pick up the running back in the flat, whatever, or if he was playing the run, or if he was rushing the passer. I loved his edge rush or his uh, outside linebacker stuff. And seeing him at his size, that would have been, you know, he's a 253-pound linebacker, and I think that would have been a perfect role for him to be able to sit on the side, and they would have been able to keep Jordan. They could have still drafted him there and just put him out there and kept Jordan Hicks. They would have had more of a pass rush presence. They would have been able to get the flat, so on and so forth. But uh, it's interesting to me that they double tap back-to-back years at the linebacker position. They drafted Isaiah Simmons last year. I think this will hurt his value, and I think the reason being is that Isaiah, uh, Isaiah Simmons is going to be used a lot in coverage, I think, especially um, shutting down tight ends and stuff like that. I think that's his going to be basically like, hey, any slot guy, any tight end, take him out of the game. And the problem with that is when you're good at coverage, the ball doesn't get thrown your way. You're already, you know, usually trailing away with that wide receiver when the when the runner gets that way. So you're just not in a great position to make the play. I think there's a chance he still does well, but I am concerned for him. I've traded away a couple shares. I still have several, but, uh, you know, I've kind of hedged my bets. I have some Zavan Collins. Um, I have some Isaiah Simmons. I had I had them both on the same team, and I shipped off Zavan Collins. I had them both on the same team, and I shipped off Isaiah Simmons. Um, so I'm absolutely hedging my bets on those two just because, like I said, I think – I still think Isaiah Simmons is a great player, and that's part of the problem of why I think he might lose value is because the good linebackers that – cover well, especially, you know, in that mid-intermediate range, really don't thrive um, in fantasy. Um, and this is why Nate Gary did so well in fantasies because he was terrible in coverage. Um, you know, basically was just good enough to stay close enough to the guy that they wouldn't, you know, get all the way down the field. What about just... when he was turned around facing the other way? <laughs> That's different. But <laughs> but uh, just then just, just bad enough to – let the play happen and just good enough to make the tackle. Um, so I am intrigued to see how that situation shakes out. Um, like I said, I didn't like Zavan Collins pre-draft. He was like my LB six, I think LB five or six. So I like hated Zavan Collins pre-draft and that was just as a prospect. And, you know, the situation he ended up with, I don't love him at Mike linebacker, but he's going to get reps. Um, and basically, you know, he's going to take a lot of the run stopping work. I think I don't love him in coverage. You know, he's a big body. I don't think he's that fast. A lot of people think he has end line to end line speed. I don't see that. Um, I didn't see that on film. Um, and I, if you did think he was fast running on the field, just compare him to who he was running against. That's all I have to say about that. But he was a three-year starter. I think he's a good enough player that he can do well. I think the development is going to be key for him in how he starts to recognize plays and stuff like that but you know he's a great he's he's a great build he's a bigger dude so he's going to be an enforcer on that defense but uh but that is it for Zaven Collins unless you had any questions can I put your number one player up right now yeah go ahead man I know you're gonna love it so my number one line or my number one IDP rookie is Micah Parsons and that was he was my number one heading into the draft he's the number one still standing as we leave the draft process Micah Parsons, to me, 
his big knock in college was a he had a lot of character concerns, but whatever the NFL doesn't care, um, especially in college um, until those come out later and and they get real big in the news and people come forward, then they don't care, then they'll care. But um, for now, he's a great prospect who there was a lot of concern on how he would perform at the combine after taking a year off or opting out a year, I should say. And uh, he blew the combine away. I mean, he had, you know, better numbers, better, you know, stats in the, in the, uh, the, the combine quote unquote, the pro days than uh, you know, Devin White, Devin Bush, we were the last linebackers to really light up the combine. Um, he had a sub four, four, um, 40 um, blew away every other metric, so on and so forth. Physically, um, his big knock in college was coverage um, <laughs> that they are, but uh, which, uh, which is why it's a very fitting pick for them um, in more ways than one. And they, what they did was last year, they picked the best player available that they didn't need, but made their offense darn near unstoppable. And then this year, they do the same thing with the defense. They draft a player they don't really need, but he was – more than likely the best player on the board. Go Don't ahead. Don't worry. Mike Mike McCarthy makes anything on or makes anything stoppable. I know. I know. You know. You know. I know. I get it. But uh but with Michael Parsons, like I said, his big knock in college was coverage. I didn't see a lot of issues in his coverage. I don't that's just not his thing either. Like he's built to rush the passer from the linebacker position and he's built to make plays on the ball and and tackle the ball carrier. That's what he's built to do. He's a he's a heat-seeking missile, basically. When he sees ball carry, he sees ball, he goes get ball. I don't a lot of people were comping him to like Luke Keekley coming out. I hated that comp. I I don't think anybody right now really deserves a Luke Keekley comp. Um in this draft class, at least maybe coming forward, there might be one, but I didn't see it in this class. I comped into more of a Tremaine Edmonds, um, who plays for the Buffalo Bills now. Um, he's a super young player, you know, but he hasn't, you know, stepped up in, in the pros yet, but in college, he was just an absolute animal. Um, same type of player who make plays behind the line of scrimmage, you know, make plays on the, the pass rushing. He'd make plays on the quarterback, so on and so forth. He was that same type of player who would basically hover around the line of scrimmage and just make plays any way he could. Um, and then Michael Parsons was that way a lot in college. too. His best film that I saw was when he stays within five yards of the line of scrimmage and just kind of, sifts things out and lets it happen. Um, if it's a run play, come at me. If it's a quarterback play or a run, whatever the case is, or if things open up where he can blitz, he's on it. And he's, like I said, he's a missile when he's after the ball. Um, but uh, the one the one big knock and with that whole defense now is that it's so crowded, and it's actually crowded. It's not Cleveland Browns crowded. It's Dallas Cowboys, Jalen Smith. Um, Keanu Neal, who's allegedly playing linebacker now, and uh, Leighton Vander Esch, who's currently a linebacker there as well. So it'll be interesting to see how he really plays into things. Um, I know there's a lot of flack on Jalen Smith for his coverage ability. Um, so there's, even though I don't see it, I, I don't think that's a real thing. I think that's just something that Cowboys fans started saying and got blown out of proportion and everybody started saying it. Um, but I do think there is legitimate concern with Leighton Vander Esch. Um, hasn't been able to stay healthy the last two years. Um, coming into, I think, if this is in his contract year, the next season is. Um, and he had neck issues and concussion issues in college, and that started to kind of continue into the pros. So I think there's a, a real chance that 
he doesn't make it out of his first contract with the Cowboys. Um, but uh, so I think that's where Michael Parsons is more than likely going to get his work. Um, and the one thing with him is he's said that he's he's an all-around athlete, but at, at his heart, he's a pass rusher. And that's what he was in high school. He was a defensive end, signed up, committed to um, Penn State to play defensive end. And they're like, you know what? Nah, you're going to play linebacker. Why? I don't know. But he's done pretty well for himself. He was a highly drafted first-round pick. Um, so, I mean, I'm I'm pretty happy to buy in on Michael Parsons. Not that I have in any of my leagues, just because I haven't been able to get him. But uh, he's my number one. I'm sticking with him. I loved him as a prospect. I like the landing spot for the most part. Um, the thing with the Cowboys is they they use their shiny new toys. Um, they don't, you know, with C.D. Lamb, you didn't see anybody sitting him week one. You know, he's like, get him out there. We drafted him early for a reason, not to sit the guy. And I think Parsons will be the same way. Um, I know you're a huge Parsons fan. You got to watch him in college. You're a Penn State fan. So you can actually, you can dive in on this guy a little bit, I think. Well, I would, but really, honestly, Bob, I didn't get to watch him as much as I wanted to. Uh, it's one of those things where when you're married with a little kid, you choose, do you want to watch football all day Saturday or do you want to watch football all day Sunday? You can't do both. So Amen. pretty much everything I got to see was highlights or late games. Unfortunately, Penn State hasn't won a lot of late games lately, <laughs> especially against the Ohio State. I do have a question for you, though. Sure. Um, what is your college team? It's the Golden Was- Gophers, right? No, Badgers, Wisconsin Badgers. Okay. I was checking. I know what it was. Okay, good. Bob, I think that's going to wrap it up for our top 10 IDP post-draft players. Um, thank you thank for you. hanging out with me, talking some uh, line linemen, linebackers, defensive backs. Sorry, I'm just a little gassed today. It's been a long day. Um, so, Bob, before we head out, where can everyone find you? You can find me at Bob Van underscore IDP on the Twitter. Um, do a lot of work on the Dynasty Rewind YouTube channel. Um, if you're if you're listening to this via podcast, get over to the YouTube channel. Um, we're pumping up content pretty much daily at this rate. Best ball drafts, mock drafts, one on one series with some of the best in the industry. Um, we're we're doing a lot over there. Um, we're uh, we're making a big push on the YouTube. Um, so that's a great place to find me. Um, and then also I do a lot of my writing work over at Fantasy Six Pack too. Um, FantasySixPack.net. Um, pretty pretty easy to find my stuff. Anything IDP I do over there. So um, and then obviously the Dynasty Rewind Patreon, Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Rewind. Um, get in there. I know Mike just teased the stickers earlier, but there's a lot more to be had. There's rankings, IDP rankings. <laughs> stickers um bonus podcast bonus written content um you can have all that for five dollars otherwise you, if you just want to hang out with us more you can get into our elite community group chat for just a dollar a month um nothing too crazy uh, but if you want all that other stuff just five dollars a month so and you could pledge more too just so you know that's fine um if you are so inclined you could follow me on twitter at rewind ceo i would much rather you follow the show at dynasty rewind head on over to that youtube we're at 313 subscribers we would love to add and see you be a part of that you know about the patreon i don't want to beat a dead horse here so until next time everybody be kind please rewind thank you for watching and always thank you for listening thanks for listening to the dynasty rewind please make sure you subscribe rate and review and as always be kind please rewind